welcome. I'm Haney. I'm Simon. We are knee deep in tech, covering the latest from the IT industry, a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 243, recorded on October 25th, 2023. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on needypintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. So what are we going to talk about today, Simon? So today, uh, I will be very happy to host the focus segment, and we will talk about user experience. Uh, And it's... Ah. um, actually inspired by a session that I will listen to later today um, by two of the speakers at the Citrix user group in Norway, uh, which, and they have a very specific, Ryan and Elcho have a very specific focus on end user compute. So Citrix, VMware, virtual desktops in general. Uh, And we'll get back to why I think that is like, to some extent, one of the most extremes of user experience, but we will... um, Start actually start at another place, because my my first question to you, and I will let you answer this shortly. Um, what is user experience, and who needs to care about it? But I think that I had a great example of user experience today. So I'm at a hotel in Oslo, and everything has been been really good so far. Um, it's it's not a super expensive hotel, but it, it everything is. I have a good bed. I will probably have a good breakfast, all of that. But after my gym session, when I was about to take a shower, I realized that there are no soap. It's absolutely out. And it's like, that is a bad user experience because everything was fine. And then you have this tiny little thing that really messes up the entire experience that a hotel stay is supposed to be. Because it's not just about the bed, the breakfast. It's about what you experience while being here. Uh, and and to me, that is user experience, that if you have expectations on buying a service or using a product, it's the experience of it. If you purchase a... If you get an Uber or Lyft and want to go from point A to point B and you go from point A to point B the experience of that can be vastly different, but you have actually still received what you were asking for. But if you think about user experience, um, what is it to you? And do you care about user experience when, when you work? Yes, definitely. I, I think maybe user experience is something that we oftentimes associate first and foremost with like software dev- development. Mm-hmm. that you actually have somebody thinking about the user experience. Mm-hmm. But as I was thinking this with your example as well, it is really something that we should think about whatever we work with, because most mm-hmm. likely we're going to have some users who are going to use whatever we create. So if I, for example, work with a data platform solution on Azure, there's going to be some users that are going to come in and use that platform. So for example, there might be some analysts, there might be Hmm. some people who are more like business level users that might not have such deep technical knowledge as well. And if I want to think about the user experience, I think I need to think about who is going to use the platform that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. And I need to think about what kind of skills do they have? 
What are their expectations? How can I make their life easier for them? That's kind of、mm. my thinking. And yeah, in my opinion, it's definitely something we need to think about whatever we work with. Yeah,、uh, and and I will soon tie back into that. But I think one aspect that I'm passionate about is that I really try not to say end users. I always prefer to say users, regardless、yes. of the context. And this is something that I, I do think is vastly different. Where a lot of my colleagues always use end user or the equivalent in whichever language to say that these are the actual people within an organization that, in the end, will use or experience something. But I think if we differentiate between users and end users, or between users and users, I think we are down a slippery slope, as Alexander probably would have put it. Because in the end, we are all responsible for the complete user experience. Now, Microsoft product groups are probably more focused on the users of Intune than the users that will experience the result of an administrator using Intune. But I do think that we need to be careful in differentiating what user experience should be for various groups. Uh, that it,、yes. it's users,、uh, regardless of where we are, and and end users only creates a bigger differentiation or polarization between administrators and, and users. That's actually a good point. I had not myself、hmm. kind of stuck to the end user <laughs> <laughs> thing, but I I guess that's what it means for most people, like、hmm. a specific group of users. So. Uh, and, and like you said, I do. I do think for a developer, they have a very clear user group. Even though, what is a good user experience for various people within that group obviously might be incredibly different,、uh, depending on the expectations, the the culture. Even、uh, I know that one of the sessions I listened to、uh, on our data road trip talked <laughs> about like. When you design a dashboard, the colors you use might mean very different things in different parts of the world, and therefore you need to be careful in when designing dashboards or applications that just a color might impact the user experience. Very true. So, I, I do think that you have a very good point in that we should care about it on on all levels, and that we need to consider our users, and that. Their experiences might be different, but especially in my part of technology currently, we talk a lot about digital employee experience. So, where we measure how pleased users are with their digital experience,、uh, and that、huh. goes to the point: Do you think that we are able to accurately measure user experience and? If so, how should we do it? And that, of course, can be vastly different depending on what we are talking about in terms of technology. But can we measure it? And should we measure it? And how could we measure it? This is a really hard question. Yeah, I that,、yes. I am not entirely sure if we can measure it accurately.、Mm-hmm. 
like, yes, we can ask people how satisfied are they. We can have all kinds of questionnaires. We can have, uh, depending on what we're working with, we could potentially mm. have some like technological tech, techno <laughs> technological ways of measuring that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. So for a website, we could have some kind of measurements of like how, where do people spend their time and things mm. like that. But that, then on the other hand, does it measure the experience? How good is it? So mm. it necessarily doesn't. So we have to be with like number measurements. We have to be careful. What kind of conclusions do we draw from it? Do people mm. stay somewhere because it's not working and they can't figure out where to go? Or mm. is there interesting content on there? Yeah. So it could be two di very different reasons. Yeah. I do yeah. think it is... Something we should try to measure, though, in some way. I, I don't have an answer to how to do it, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think more often we then do see like people getting frustrated with something and not being satisfied mm -hmm. with the experience. And then they end up doing, you know, workarounds and, and weird things to just work, make that usable for them. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a, like a natural way. So at least we have to have some way to voice if there's any issues, but also mm. if there's any good things about it as well. Yeah. What do people like? And and uh, I I do think that this obviously varies, but let, let's focus on on what I do for now um, because that is what I have most experience in, and also where I see that we have probably come the furthest. If you do not count web, as as you said. Because I do think like when it comes to web pages or like any online service, the user experience monitoring have always been a key uh, measurement yeah. for a lot of those. So exactly like you said, why are they spending time on this page? Um, do they like it or is it just that it's complicated to navigate or whatever it might be? Uh, and that is now moving into the the end user now let's see see what I did there. <laughs> the user experience space uh, on on endpoints in particular. So, I think that you need to combine various measurements. Something that you have done, especially and going back to Ryan and Elcho uh, that we'll be speaking later today. They and a lot of the EUC community have always been very focused on measuring like logon times, latency. Um, quality of graphics when used over remote protocols, things like that, things that are easily measurable, but where we also need to add some context and find a balance, which we'll get back to later on in terms of what is a good enough user experience uh, and versus a bad user experience versus a fantastic user experience. So we can measure, obviously, a lot of technolo uh, technology aspects of it uh, but that as you very put it very well that it doesn't say anything if you don't know the context so what we see more and more today is that we also have sentiment so where you in various ways ask the user or track um, cases that they put in and based on that sentiment you add that to the technology measurements and create some kind of baseline for a user or a device. Uh, 
that in combination with trying to remove disturbance and that's actually my elevator pitch for for who i am like um, i create a great user experience by by um, removing disturbance that is where the automation comes in but today we measure sentiment we measure the technology aspects of it um, but that might not even be enough because again we have different expectations but that that is what we do today and i think with a lot of other services we we try our best to combine those two like the human aspect of it where you get the sentiment were you pleased with the way you signed in were you pleased with the way this is performing did you find what you were searching for but that is obviously something that might be a nuance as well like if you constantly get these pop-ups especially on websites which would you mind taking two minutes of your time to answer our questions or yes (laughs) (laughs) i would mind (laughs) yeah exactly and the only thing you would get back is that yeah they spent two minutes filling out this form how was the experience of filling out this form would you mind taking 30 seconds more to give us feedback on the form so i do think that is that is a key element that we hopefully will will see more and more in the future um but again it's also about the the context that we're in and that's what's fascinating about the euc space where you have in many cases an application or a desktop somewhere that might be far away from you you do not have the compute locally in most cases and therefore things like latency is essential because if you click on your device and something is supposed to happen thousands of kilometers away we have a a, a, like a time window where we would say noticeable acceptable or non-acceptable and depending on what kind of application you use that is very, very different. So I have friends that are working with remote VR, so virtual reality over a network connectivity, and where to not get um, basically sick by it, you need to have a like, complete turnaround, so a complete end-to-end latency of around 60 milliseconds. Oh, wow. For you to like move your head and feel that the screen is moving at the same or the, the image you see in front of you is moving in the same at the same time. Otherwise, you will end up in a situation where you get dizzy by things moving and not moving in the way that your brain expects. Uh, and the same goes for like advanced graphics in other places. If you're working with a drawing in AutoCAD and you're turning that around, you notice very quickly if something is lagging behind. But at the same time, if you're working with Excel or if you're working in a like CRM solution, you probably have a lot more time. You can accept more yeah. latency. And there are obviously some aspects of this which you can't fix. Like we have physical limitations. If you are like geographical limitations, you can't create a great user experience with VR if the compute is further away than, let's say, a couple of hundred kilometers. Because that's the time it takes for the signals to actually get back and forth. 
And that is something we can't, yeah. can't change. So measurements are, are incredibly complicated. It depends on various aspects of where in the IT stack you are uh, and how and what your users are expecting. Another example, and I'm sure you, you know about this, let's say that you have a two-minute sign-in time, which is ridiculous. But you as Very a user so. or an administrator, <laughs> yeah, case in point, I know that my local healthcare provider, when they sign in, have a two-minute sign-in time. And it's like, oh my, <laughs> it's something they are now used to. So if they were to cut that yeah. to one and a half minute, users would probably be super happy. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, but it's still not it's still not good. It's only dependent on what we are used to. Um, so that is complicated, and we might end up talking more about that. But what are then ways we can improve the user experience and how can we ruin it? Uh, and I think to to answer that, we need to go back to what you said. We first need to understand, are the users pleased? What do they want us to improve? Without that input, it doesn't matter what we measure. So yeah. if we ask someone, I can ask you, what? Like, let's take Riverside that we're currently using for the recording. <laughs> How is the user experience of Riverside, in your opinion? Oh, oh well, well, we had it just stop recording in the middle of our previous recording. So I guess for me, the user experience hasn't been the best. No, not today. Not today. But no. most of the time it's good, but it is mm -hmm. one of these, you know, things where the there are once in a while there are things that happen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and like, what would Riverside have to do to improve that user experience or the experience we are currently having with the platform? Well, I guess the, hmm, I guess it comes down to, well, am I expecting it to work yeah. all the time? Mm -hmm. Like every single moment mm -hmm. <laughs> and not have any glitches or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Which, in a way, I think many of us are nowadays expecting a little bit mm -hmm. that it actually does work very seamlessly. And if there is some kind of hiccup, mm -hmm. then it is kind of like, no, that shouldn't be happening at all. Yeah. So. So, might might I then challenge that and say that there are two ways yes. that Riverside in this case could have fixed it. One way would be ensure that it doesn't break, obviously. Mm -hmm. But that might, we don't know why it broke. It might be incredibly complicated, very expensive. It might not actually improve our user experience on a daily basis. It might, because the glitch they had now might be something that never gets back. So yeah. the other option would be, in my opinion, that they were, were to give us up-to-date information communicate what's going on and say that, yeah, currently we're experiencing these errors. You might experience this and that. The recordings are working fine. Yeah. Because in practice, if we, when we did our previous recording, if we would have known 
that what we just recorded were saved, we could have continued straight away. And yeah, the exactly. experience would actually have been rather well. Now we had to spend time on trying a lot of things, figuring out if it was saving or not. And then having that gut feel that, okay, we might actually have lost half an hour of recording now. Yeah. So I think that is something to balance as well. Communication and expectation management versus technology aspects and being very, very transparent in that. So let's again say that that my healthcare provider back home, if they were to communicate, it takes two minutes because of this and this and that. These are all good reasons. To improve and cut that signing time with half a minute, that would actually be a cost that in the end would be have to be taken from other things within that healthcare provider. So I think yeah. expect, expectation, expectation management uh, yes. and communication is to me very important when we talk about UX, regardless if it's in IT or whatever. I, I completely agree. I think in the data side of things, mm -hmm. uh, we, we, of course, like a lot of the user expectations also relate to how fast is data mm -hmm. available, for example. Yeah. And of course, everybody would have want to have everything available immediately and mm. you know, no, no waiting or anything like that. But a lot of times that might not be reasonable to achieve for at least all kinds of data sources. Mm. So then managing those exp expectations and having some kind of realistic, uh, realistic kind of what are users also expecting from the platform mm. can be a lot really helpful. Yeah. And and when it then comes to these technical measurements like log on time, latency, whatever it might be, it's also about finding where improvements are needed. Because uh, I, I can speak for myself. I would so <laughs> I've had a number of cars in my life. So far Every new car I've had have been slightly faster from zero to 100 than the previous one, <laughs> which is now slightly. challenging. Yeah, slightly, because now I have a very fast car. So <laughs> my best hope probably is that I will get an as fast car. Mm. But the question is, if that is important to me, will it matter yeah. if I think my car now... Uh, does zero to 100 in 4.4 seconds, which is very fast. Yeah, yeah. Faster than than you need I, that. It's about the experience. <laughs> 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 I I I can't say anything else than I that I absolutely love the experience of accelerating that quickly uh, and, and the uh -huh. way it does it. But all right, if I That's then fair. were to find a car that would do the same. 0 to 100 in 4.3 seconds. And that would cost me 10,000 euros. Would my experience improve in the same way? Probably not. Probably not. So yeah. I think in IT, we are very focused on always improving, but we also need to figure out what's worth improving and how much do we need to improve. That's why I absolutely hate, yes, I'm using the word hate, 
or like especially vendors that say, yeah, you will save three seconds every time you sign in using our solution. And if that adds up to your thousand sign-ins in a year, you will save 3000 seconds. And that will mean that you can eat an ice cream. No, I won't. Because the ice cream, the ice cream will melt in between my sign-ins. But that's basically what they say. Yeah, you will save this amount of money by lim- like minimizing mm-hmm. sign-in times by three seconds per sign-in. That is a ridiculous measurement. Mm-hmm. Because you, you won't get that. And if a user currently have a sign-in time of two minutes and you save three seconds, they will still not be pleased. But if a user have a sign-in of 10 seconds and you s- take that down to seven, yes, it might be noticeable. Yes, they might actually like it. But will it matter? Probably not. 10 seconds or 7 seconds. Nah. So I think it's about... Still also, takes too much time. Exactly. <laughs> you still you need to prioritize that. Yeah. Uh, and you also have the, the balance in between the other aspects of this. So my most common balance is obviously security versus user experience. Um, and where we had a really good panel discussion on that at AVD TechFest. So I always try to to balance that, but there are always people that would say that security is always more important, while others would say the user experience is always more important. And we won't have time to dig into that <clears throat> because I, I actually have planned that we should finish this on time as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I think that balance is, is um, important to consider as well. So I will now try to wrap this up before we'll talk a little bit bit about what we'll be doing next in our community lives. Um, I do think that we should stop polarizing uh, users and end users and only call everyone a user because in the end, we are all users at some level and everyone should be part of the same experience. Do not fall in the trap of only looking at data but also actually listen to the expectations and managing expectations that your users have um, and do your best to make conscious decisions on what is the best way I could improve the user experience given this situation. And that might that might also might be different depending on the organization and the users you work with. Uh, and lastly, you need to find that balance between user experience and security and other things like cost. But that might also be highly dependent on the context you're in. If you're a defense organization, as an example, you will probably sacrifice user experience to some extent for the improved security. But if you're in other places where the user experience is absolute key, let's take healthcare. If you can improve sign-in times from two minutes to 30 seconds, that will make a huge difference in an ER room. Yeah. And therefore, you might actually need to sacrifice some parts of security for that. So what what will be happening next for for you in the the community side of things? Well, I will be going to Seattle uh, very soon, where there is Ignite happening, but I won't be going to Ignite. (laughs) I will be going down down the street or the other mm. side of the street or <laughs> almost the same, same convention center, I believe. Mm. I will be going to the Past Data Community Summit and we are actually doing uh, with Ben Wiseman from the community as mm. well uh, a 
pre-con uh, training day wow, about fun. ISAP and how to cool. become a deployment ninja. Day. So <laughs> we have stickers. So nice. if you haven't signed up yet, uh, mm. we're going to have the best pre-con for sure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then in December, there will be also an event called Data Left Unattended. Uh, it's going to be so that the speakers are going to be recording live, but then it mm -hmm. will be streamed. So it mm -hmm. will be like an in-person conference, but kind of a hybrid mode. Mm -hmm. And that will be happening on December 7th. But of course, uh, since it will go online, you can watch it also later on. So it's not tied to the time itself. Exciting times. Yeah. Uh, and this week, so the previous week when you're listening to this, I was in Norway. Uh, and uh, spoke at the Cit the last Norwegian Citrix user group because they are rebranding next year to something else where they will broaden the scope of, of what they talk about. Um, I will be back in Oslo for the Nordic Infrastructure Conference on November 7th to 9th. And then I will talk about Microsoft Intune and management of Mac OS, Linux, and Chrome OS, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, and then... Currently, the what what I believe would be my last community event this uh, year will be the Citrix or the EUC user group in Sweden, November twentieth to twenty second, uh, where I will be talking about Windows three sixty five and uh, how that compares to AVD and how you can add Citrix on top of both of them. And uh, next week we'll hopefully be back all three of us uh, if everything goes according to plan. Uh, thank you for listening and. Have a great week. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Need in Tech. Need in Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Haini Hilmarinen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at needinbintech.com.